Welcome to another episode of Junior Achievement of South Florida's Recipe for Success. Just as there are no two recipes that contain the exact same ingredients or measurements, there are no two success stories exactly the same. Recipe for Success features entrepreneurs, visionary leaders, and innovators of all ages who will share the ingredients that make them successful. Here's your host, Lori Salarulo, President and CEO of Junior Achievement of South Florida. Well, hello, hello, hello. It is time for JA's Recipe for Success. I'm your host, Lori Salarulo, and I have the pleasure of being the President and CEO of Junior Achievement. You know, I love this show because I get to bring people from South Florida, from all over the state, or even from outside of Florida um, to speak with us and share with us a little bit about their journey, their leadership journey, and what's helped to make them successful. And we get to learn so much about their work and what's happening, especially now in the pandemic. Um, and this person uh, that's coming on today, I've been getting to know him over the last few months and in his new role, um, we knew each other from before, but now we're really getting to know each other. I think we have something in common now, uh, which is always what brings people together, right? And so I hope that you find a lot that you have in common uh, with our guest today. Tony Carvajal is the CEO, President and CEO of the ABLE Trust. And I want Tony to share with us a little bit about what the ABLE Trust is. But first, I want to say, how are you? Good morning, Lori. Everything's great. Thanks for uh, kicking off the, the day with me on a big Equinox day. So. Oh, I love it, love it, love it. And Tony, just for those who know, are, is up in Tallahassee. Uh, working from up there. And that's, I think that's one of the things that I'm really loving about this virtual world is that, you know, I, I can talk to people that I was, I had somebody on the other day from California. So, you know, it could be anywhere. We have had Colorado. So thanks for joining us from Tallahassee. You know, Tony, I think I mentioned in my intro that this uh, your new role at the ABLE Trust has, you, know, you and I had met and we said we were going to try to get together and connect, but we never really did until this role. And um, so share for our viewers a little bit about what the ABLE Trust does, why you left the Florida Chamber uh, for this opportunity, and just so that we can understand a little bit about this work that you're doing. Laurie, thank you. And I guess that uh, that does open the door to one of the reasons we probably wouldn't have been able to get together before is because we would have had to do it face to face. And now, fortunately, the future has been thrust into our faces now and we're doing this virtually. So we met each other when I was uh, with the Florida Chamber Foundation and got to uh, think about the future of Florida and talk about where talent was going. But that kept me on the road about 200 days a year. And um, I wanted to make sure that I, I got back and closer to my family. I didn't realize, though, that when I made that choice, we would all be in timeout and nobody would be able to travel anywhere. But that's OK. You know, my wife is ready for me to hit the road. Uh, I uh, The ABLE Trust is an organization that uh, I joined just about a year ago, and it's a legislatively created organization uh, that was created to support vocational rehab. So folks with disabilities uh, who are interested in employment, uh, who are often left out of the opportunities, that's uh, one in four uh, folks across the country and actually across the globe, one in four individuals have either a visible or an in invisible disability. Um, and they want to advance their lives. They want to do a little bit more for themselves. They don't want to be defined by a barrier that other people are seeing. They want to be defined by their abilities to do things. So. The ABLE Trust is an organization that serves as a foundation 
And our mission is to get individuals, Floridians with disabilities, employment. We help other individuals uh, through that process. So there are organizations there in Broward that, that we support all across South Florida. And uh, while we manage some projects that are focused on educating, empowering, and in uh, employment, uh, really a big part of our work is helping the helpers. We also support businesses, by the way. I, uh, that's where we've intersected in some of the, uh, the world in the past. So we have a, um, a business to business, peer to peer program called the ABLE Network. And that allows individuals who are already employing individuals to help other individuals. Uh, companies that that want to uh, move into this uh, the spectrum, uh, you know, disability is very varied, and all of us immediately get an image in our head of what that means. But the reality is, it, it's very, uh, very, very um, spread out across the spectrum, and lots of opportunities. And uh, for individuals who want to find the abilities that uh, and what people can uh, produce, um, you know, that's what we're here to help for do one last thing and that is um, we serve kind of as the community foundation for the disability community. So givers, grantors, folks that want to provide gifts, we help uh, package that together and create programs across the state to uh, to satisfy things there. Good morning, Patrick. I know, you, yeah, you, you know, <laughs> this uh, uh, always has to make an appearance on the set. Uh, so uh, yeah, speaking of varying uh, abilities, right? Yeah. Uh, and so that's part of the common bond that we have too. My experience over 28 years, right, of Pat being Patrick's mom and being involved in the community and being involved around this um, you know, and for me, when Patrick was born, it was about preparing him for work, to be independent, to be, you know, to live the same, whatever life he wanted to live, right? Um, and maybe it would look a little different, but I wanted to make sure that he had the tools and the resources and the education and the knowledge that, um, you know, to whatever degree that was, that he could have the life, you know, an independent and responsible life. And I want to touch on something that you said, and you said it a couple of times, and you also sent it to me in your bio, and you talk about the abilities mindset. Yeah. And you know, I think you're right when it comes to dis people with disabilities um, or not, right? We we think about them as as people with disabilities, but I think in general, do you think that in general, as as a workforce, right, from the business perspective, are we starting to shift that mindset in general? to a mindset of abilities and skills versus experience? I'll, I'll answer that in two ways. We are definitely shifting into a world where skills pay the bills. What you are capable of doing, how you learn, what you uh, reposition yourself to do is really what defines success for individuals and for companies. And, and you almost baited me a little with the, the opening of that question because you, you talked about whether businesses are all shifting to that. And the answer is no. Only the ones, the ones that want to play part of being the future economy are the ones that are really focusing on what the abilities are. You know, I, I spend a good bit of my time uh, serving as a facilitator and consultant to companies, uh, particularly nonprofits. And a big part of what I try to get them to understand is the first question is not is, is uh, the first issue is stop telling me what you can't do. Stop telling me about the things that you believe are impossible and let's shift the mentality to what is possible? What can we do? What can we achieve? You know, whether that's in a uh, in a nonprofit, whether that's in a business, whether that's in a family, whether that's in an individual. Let's look at what is absolutely an ability that we have to pursue and build from that. 
Um, and uh, the best companies are the ones that are starting to recognize that, yes, we can sit and grouse about the challenges that we're facing in COVID or the challenges that we're facing as the economy changes or the globe changes or technology comes into play. But the reality is the ones that want to make it are the ones who think about what can we do? Mm, yeah, you know, I think that's what I love about our work. I mean, there's there's a lot of similarities between my job as a parent, right? It's the best yeah. job in the world. Um, and my, my job with JA, you know, it really is about teaching these young people, right? That mindset of nothing is impossible, right? The words I can't should not even exist in your vocabulary, right? Um, and so I, I totally agree with you. I think the companies that are looking are forward, you know, looking ahead, forward thinking, uh, opening their minds to the possibilities. You know, even when it comes to schooling and education, so many companies are acquiring a college degree, sometimes not necessary, right? We, we, you know this from your work at the chamber too. You know, let's really look at what someone needs, what abilities, right? What skill sets, as you said, I like that skills pays the bills. What do they need to really do the job? You know, let me let me give a shout out to Junior Achievement and the work that you do, because I, I noticed that uh, as some of your programs and you really have this wonderful tagline that tomorrow needs you today. And mm -hmm. that really is not only a good mindset for how do we develop the next generation of individuals, but how do we position our companies and our communities for for what's next? Everybody right now is locked in their homes or locked in a Zoom conversation somewhere and our heads are down. But the reality is, I, hats off to you for, for really focusing on always paying attention to the future, because that's that's where we're going to spend the majority of our time going forward, isn't it? Well, and, and not for anything, but I mean, the businesses that you and I deal with every day, right? Guess what? In two years, some one year, some four years, these yeah. kids are going to be out in the workforce. Yeah. Whether they have a disability, don't have a disability, we need to make sure that they are ready because if you're only looking at today and you're not investing and thinking about what's coming, your business is going to struggle if you don't have a workforce, right? That's ready to go. Um, and I think that that is, you know, it's interesting. Talking about struggling, and I, I'm sorry you put this in your bio and I want to touch on it because I think it's so important. You know, people look at us sometimes, they don't see certain things. Uh, they don't know things that we went through in our life. Yeah. Um, you know, but sometimes we all have something, right, that we've had to deal with or some challenge that we've had to overcome. You had something in your life uh, as a, a young person and uh, share a little bit about um, you talk about this mild dyslexia, um, reading, struggling with reading. Like, nobody would know that, Tony, hearing yeah. you speak on these stages, right, when you come down to Broward. So uh, I think what you're trying to, uh, to highlight there is something that most people don't know is I'm a horrible stutterer. And uh, you see me on the stages with uh, 900 people in front of me speaking a mile a minute and you would never guess. But but things like the dyslexia and dysgraphia and stuttering and the things that, that I deal with, nobody would ever uh, see the outward uh, sides of that. But the inward signs uh, are, are ever present and I just pay attention to those types of things. Does give me an opportunity to really highlight something. You know, having a disability does not mean that you're disabled. I mean, it just is one way that we define ourselves. It's just like whether you're good in math or good in reading or good in anything else or have challenges or struggle. You know, a disability becomes disabling in context. 
And uh, if we allow those barriers to actually control uh, what we choose to do or what we uh, are, are interested in pursuing, then it's truly uh, disabling. But otherwise, a disability is just one of those things that, that characterizes us. If our brains or our body- That word altogether, Tony. Yeah. Eliminate the word disabilities because <laughs> that is such a good point that it doesn't mean we're disabled. Yeah. No, it doesn't. I mean, it's it's all in context. Now, I will say that there are some some very difficult things we got to deal with because it's the biases in other people's heads. So, you know, you and I talk to businesses, and one of the things I try to tell businesses is give people a chance. Uh, you know, individuals who who have barriers, and it doesn't matter whether you use disability or any other barrier, they may already know how to work around something. And instead of you trying to figure it all out, work together as a team to really think this through. And isn't that what the best managers do? They look at the opportunities in front of them and figure out uh, what they can do together uh, to, to, to get past whatever barriers are in front of them. Yeah. Uh, this is also a world, by the way, that uh, I've heard some of your, your past guests talk about mentoring. And yes, you know, mentoring has been part of my life in both directions uh, where I've, I've received it and I've given it. But we're in this weird, weird world now where reverse mentoring is just as common as regular mentoring. And what I mean by that is there are things that I can learn from a 20-year-old that uh, are going to make me much more successful. And individuals who open their doors to a diverse group of individuals, men, women, races, ethnicities of all different types, national backgrounds, international backgrounds, but yes, also disabilities, are going to benefit because of the diversity that they have at the table. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, you want to be better at a community, you want to be better as a business, you want to be better as a family open yourself up to a little bit more and, and, and take some chances. Nobody's asking you to do something that just doesn't fit for the environment. I will tell you, I'm never going to design or launch a rocket. The math that goes into that and the science, forget it. But there's a lot of other things that I'm going to do and and, and I'm going to try and find a way to pursue those things. Yeah. And just because I'm a stutterer doesn't mean that I can't get up on stage and do something like give a speech in front of 900 people there in Broward. Exactly. And, and I think, you know, and I want to touch on, you know, what, what it is, right, that, that allows you to do that and drives you to do that in a second. But I think, you know, you touched on, you talk about the barriers with people with disabilities. We face the same conversations when we talk about hiring our juniors and seniors in high school. Right. Do not underestimate, right, what they can teach you. And as the parent of a mom of, of a, you know, a parent of a child or a, a young adult with disability, I can tell you I've learned more from him. Him, um, about leadership, about kindness, about compassion, all those things that we need to have in the workplace, in the world, right? Mm -hmm. And so to your point, um, somebody may not have a certain skill in, in one area, but they can certainly bring a lot of other things to the table. But I want to I just touch on when you talk about the stuttering, getting up on, on stages and all that, what is it, Tony? What's what in you? What what drove you to say? Because most people would never have gotten on a stage. Yeah, yeah. Well, my wife says it's madness and craziness. Actually, <laughs> that I, I don't have enough sense to say no at times, and and I think that that's partially true. But I also think that it's it's a tribute to people who invested in me to some degree. You know, um, I, I've heard some of your guests talk about their stories, and 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 not unlike uh, theirs, my story starts before me, really. You know, there's a lot of times that uh, I reflect back on my parents being Cuban immigrants. This country opened uh, the doors up and allowed them to have some opportunities, and I'm grateful, and I'm going to repay that. That's one of the reasons probably I do 
so much of the volunteer and nonprofit work. There are a whole bunch of teachers who uh, did not accept the labels that people were putting on me. I, I spoke English, I'm sorry, Spanish before English, and I struggled to learn because of some of those challenges. But they didn't give up on me. Uh, and I've had speech coaches and uh, individuals who, who said, you can do this. And, and you know what? At the end of the day, they were right. Now, what I do is not for everybody thankfully, because, you know, it's already a crowded world for those of us who want to do this. So, um, you know, let's all pursue what we can. I, I think the um, the belief that they had in me is what gives me courage. And you know what? At the end of the day, courage also instills courage in under individuals. So I've seen other people take chances and, and I don't mind sharing my story because I want them to know, others to know that, you know, it's all possible. Uh, a little bit of courage can take you a long way. I love this line from, um, I think it's from We Bought a Zoo, and, and it, it talks about all you need in life is 20 seconds of insane, embarrassing bravery and courage. You know, just go out there. Once you're on the stage, everybody wants you to be successful. doesn't mean that you want to get in front of 900 people unready, but, uh, you know, be yeah, no, that's not not more in your head. But yeah. you were always ready, you know, and you talk about people investing in you and, and never giving up on you. But I also think that there's something likely inside of you that 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 drove you right, that you were never going to give up on yourself. And that that's that confidence. Right, Tony, that I yeah. know you, I'm sure that your programs, the fund programs you fund are working with their clients, their stakeholders, right, to build that confidence and that self-belief that you can do it, right? Don't give up on yourself, invest in yourself. And, and let's talk about that for a moment. So invest in yourself, right, from a sense of, you know, developing those things. But I'm sure, you know, you did a lot of things and you continue to do a lot of things where you continue to invest in yourself. Even this job, I mean, this is something new for you. There's got to be a little bit of a learning curve, right? Every time we start something new, there's a learning curve. You know, talk about what are some of the things that you do, especially that our young people get to hear this, that you do to invest in yourself. Yeah, I think the um, one of the things that I've, I've probably tried to do uh, more often than not is be a constant learner. Uh, and that constant learning is not always just external stuff. It's not about, you know, a new device or technique or management principle or facilitation skill uh, or industry. Sometimes it's learning myself a little bit more. Uh, and that, by the way, has probably done more for me than anything else. If I know who I am, I know what I'm capable of and I know what I'm not capable of. If I know what kind of choices I'll make, it's okay if I thrust myself into unknown situations because I don't have to know the entire path. I know that I can take five or six steps, then look left, right, forward, and figure out my next step. And then uh, when I get there, I, I, I'll, I'll move to the next point. And um, really, um, one of the, I, I appreciate in the uh, bio uh, that you posted, uh, you highlighted one of the things from my, my company, uh, which is uh, I'm a problem solver and calmer chaos, you know. Uh, many people will tell you that I've created enough chaos that I know how to un-chaos situations. But the reality is, is it's, it's that I can trust myself, trust process, and trust other people. And what I mean by that is, is together we can figure this out. And I, I'm not just, you know, some blind optimist and believe that everything's possible. I don't care how much you try to teach me more calculus. I'm not going to learn it. I really am never going to build that rocket, but I know what my limits are. So if I surround myself with the types of folks that can do those types of things, 
develop the type of community or the business or the family for that matter that really supports each other, then we can accomplish some really great things. Oh, I love that. Knowing your limits and surrounding yourself with the people, right, that can can fill in almost in a sense for, for those limits. And I think that is, you know, though I think there are people who probably think they do know everything, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but at the end of the day, that self-reflection and knowing who you are, what your strengths are, right? Knowing that you're never going to build that record or you're never going to do calculus. I'm there with you. Uh, but you are, you know, you have all these other strengths and all these other skills that, you know, you can do it. And the other thing that I love is, you know, it's really interesting when Patrick was born, I remember people were coming at me and, you know, talking about things and you need to do this. And, and, you know, they don't live past their thirties and they're talking about stuff like way out in the future. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Right. I'm not listening. I don't want to know 20 years, 30 years out because who knows what's going to be 20 or 30 years from now. Right. So my way of approaching it was to look to the near future, as you said, right? To, to thrust yourself into the unknown, which is what I was thrust into, right? Yeah. Um, getting past that fear, and I wanna talk a little bit about that, you know, and going one step at a time. For me, it was a couple of two, three years at a time, right? If I thought too far past that about the challenges or the unknown, it was scary. You know what's great, Laurie, in uh, particularly the work that uh, Jay does and, and, and we do in terms of building entrepreneurs at times, mm-hmm. uh, what's important to know is that being the best, but out of time, out of context, still does not bring success. So the best entrepreneurs are people who, who grab opportunities, pursue and take risks, but then look at the context that they're in and try to place it into what is the need that people have right now? What is the need that communities have? What is the need that businesses have? Because an entrepreneur with a great idea, but no one to sell it to is still a failure. So the best entrepreneurs do exactly what you were describing there. They they know that the future is coming. They know that there's a whole bunch of eventualities, but they deal in the present. They deal with what they have the ability to develop and produce doesn't mean that they're not taking a few risks and doesn't mean that they're not uh, engaging in foresight. Uh, it really is all about uh, trying to figure out what can I do with what I have in front of me? And um, it's not that you're in denial by not thinking about 20, 30, 40 years down the road. You're just thinking about the present and that's what r- really adds value to a situation. Yeah, so true. Really true. I mean, um, you know, I, I think that, so often people are so focused on what's the negative and the downsides of what's happening. They miss some of those opportunities. And I think having your eyes open to them is so important. Um, you know, and knowing which ones, like you said, know when to take that risk and to jump, right? And have the courage to jump. Um, so I love um, that you are um, Cuban, uh, Cuban Im- immigrant, your family, uh, but you're born in Miami. Did your yep. parents, did your family start in Miami or they did they migrate from somewhere else? Thanks. Uh, great question. So they started in Miami Beach, and uh, but their parents ended up actually uh, further away in New Jersey. So, uh, you know, these were a whole generation of folks, children and parents who took risks and, and had to um, pursue opportunities in new places. But I grew up in Miami 
and um, uh, now live in, in uh, North Florida, which as you know, in this state, the, the further north you go, the more south it gets. So I'm um, looking forward to, to venturing on both sides of our state soon. Exactly. So, you know, my family ended up, <clears throat> most people don't even realize that I'm half um, Hispanic. And being that it's Hispanic Heritage Month, right? Um, and it, actually, my staff even were highlighting some board members and staff people and volunteers who are uh, Latino and, and or Latina. And they and I said, well, you know, listen, my great grandfather wrote the uh, national anthem for the Royalists, uh, and they lost, unfortunately, and had to, <laughs> uh, Spain, and then and went to Cuba, and and they were like looking at me like going, what? Like you're Italian, and I'm like, yeah, I'm only half Italian. There's the other right. half, right? Um, and it's interesting because growing up in New York, um, people thought I was Spanish because I had curly hair and I was dark, you know, more darker skin, especially in the summertime. And so it has has being Spanish. Talk a little bit about the coming from an immigrant family. I yep. think you know this has been you know we talk about all this stuff now. It's it's been going on forever. What were some of the challenges of of learning to speak English and having to deal with this as a young person, right? Yeah, so uh, this is not a, a new story and it's still going yeah. on. There, there are so many of us that are out of place. Uh, so I spoke Spanish before I spoke e English, even though I was on Miami Beach. But uh, for those uh, uh, who remember Miami Beach 50 years ago, it was uh, Spanish and Yiddish was pretty right. common. And, and uh, we could make our way through life uh, without uh, that. And then we moved into uh, Cutler Ridge in the very southern part of the county. And there, nobody assumed that I spoke uh, uh, Spanish. And it was very weird that I, I was never owned by any of the communities. And, and up here in Tallahassee, uh, even less Spanish is spoken than, uh, than in, in South Miami. And, and it's hard to find a place. So it's really important to create places for yourself, to create communities. Uh, I love the work I, I, I get to do in, in, in the nonprofit world and, and in community building. Um, because what we do is create places for people. Uh, we can talk about our differences and, and absolutely we must respect them. I love and respect the fact that I have a Cuban heritage. I love that I'm in, uh, the firstborn of immigrants and, and how far I've come. Uh, it gives me a story that I understand that not everybody uh, fully understands or appreciates, but, but it makes me who I am and gives me that opportunity to pursue something and um, I can tell that you're Hispanic because there's a big likable part about you too. So thank you for uh, helping celebrate uh, Hispanic heritage this month. Oh yeah, really important. I think, you know, our, we are, I always say we're products of our environment, yep. we're products of our heritage. I mean, so much of that. And, and by the way, my Italian side of the family as well. I mean, just, yeah. I, I love family. I love people. I love food, food. That's, this is, that's why this is called the rest. <laughs> success right um and so i think all of that is so much a part of who we are you know uh, tony i've never asked anybody this question but for some reason there's this is in my head with you and i okay. and i it it just i'm scared now but let's go it kind of puts forward <laughs> how i i think about you and i think it's a good thing if you finish this sentence for me if yeah. i could change the world i would so actually, I've been thinking a little bit about this, and we hadn't uh, practiced this uh, at, at all. I'm so glad that you did ask that, because um, I think if I could change the world, I would focus much more on what our commonalities are than what our differences are. 
I don't get into the politics stuff. The nice thing about what I do and even what I did in, in some of my past organizations, it didn't matter what letter was behind in terms of a party affiliation. But we spend so much time trying to differentiate ourselves, trying to talk about how we are different, male, female, uh, north, south, uh, black, white, yellow, purple, green, brown, blue, whatever color. Um, we keep trying to, to find ways that uh, we want to represent our tribes. And if I could change one thing is recognize that we're all one tribe. Yeah. We can do more together and we must do something that brings all of us forward. I mean, you mentioned that the work I'm doing right now is relatively new to me. It's only been a year that I've been here at the ABLE Trust. And while I have some experience working with individuals with disabilities in, in, in my history, it's, it's very different. And, but the best part about it is we're not different. We're individuals with disabilities and non-disabilities, individuals anywhere from across the street. We want the same types of things. We want a, a good life. We want families. We want jobs. We want to be able to represent and realize our dreams. Um, and if I could change one thing, or we'd be talking about how we are alike rather than different and, um, and recognize that we have a duty and responsibility to each other and uh, we'll get there together. Yeah. You know, speaking of together, Tony, it's really interesting to me. And I think you and I may have talked about this on one of our calls, but often I find as nonprofits, especially we are competing yeah. right, rather than collaborating. And this conversation with you today kind of sparked the, sparks a thought for me. You know, we're all approaching businesses uh, about hiring and building their workforce, right? Um, and being uh, aware that there are others, right, that they can right. bring into the fold. People with disabilities, um, youth, right, under 18 years old, who these, these two in particular, seniors, and often I think we're all approaching these businesses, right, individually. And I, yep. I almost wonder if there would be some advantage to coming together, right, and speaking as one voice uh, for creating, right, that awareness around the workforce doesn't just look like this little bucket yeah. right here. There's all these other buckets. And maybe together, I, 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 I agree with you that I not only think we – we are one tribe and we can, but we can, like you said, we can do so much more together. So one of the things that I constantly heard from businesses when I was at uh, the, the Chamber Foundation was that they want to do all the right things, but there are so many hands reaching out, so many folks that are trying to break down the door and say, I want to do your job. I want to help you in what you're doing. And all of those are absolutely sincere, right. but focusing and channeling the energy would make it so much easier for the businesses to say yes. And then, by the way, when the business does the right thing by supporting or picking uh, or encouraging and inviting people in, we need to be thankful for that and not necessarily beat them up and say, why didn't you pick me instead of that person? What we've got to do is, is recognize that we're moving the ball forward together and we can do more as, as a community. But we compete for dollars. We compete for attention. We compete for volunteers reality is we're going to do more if, if, if Laura, you and I work together. And, and that's actually one of the things that the ABLE Trust is designed to do. I, I don't deliver the services that folks like Art Broward or that the Dan Marino uh, Foundation down there uh, do. What we can do is find ways of bringing things together, grants, resources, talent, dollars, 
and then pushing it around the state. So the ABLE Trust is 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 a great intermediary for that. You know, if folks want to uh, reach out to us, then we'll help the helpers. That's one of the things that really our team here has has committed to. It's we're not going to do what you do. Let right. you become the best at what you do, Laura, because I know that uh, you're being creative with the the center that you have and the, and the uh, students and the future uh, employees that, that you're trying to develop. Why yeah. would I come into your backyard? Shouldn't I support uh, the great talent that you've got uh, there on, on your team? So Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Let's really collaborate, right, and live together. So we yeah. talked about all these amazing ingredients today, right? Investing in yeah. yourself, being a constant later, a learner, thrusting yourself into unknown situations, doing it one step at a time, trusting yourself, trusting the process, knowing your limits, surrounding yourself with people. Big recipe. Um, and normally well, I don't cook big recipes, but I love when, when recipes for success are, are deep and delicious like this. I always ask the same question at the end, Tony, what is your main ingredient to success? So um, I do have an answer to that. Uh, and, and, and I've never had anybody that truly appreciated it. They say it's not in the books. It's not uh, one of those things. But the answer to success, the recipe to success for me has always been a bias towards action. Hmm. You can develop yourself. You can overthink things. You can plan. You can strategize. But until you do, you're not truly a leader. I mean, I, I'm, I'm thinking through some of the folks that I look up to and admire it's not that they're brilliant and it's not that they're humble and have great values. Those are absolutely true, but they're leaders in my head. And I hope that people will, will view me as a leader uh, because I actually do things. I, I, I take those steps mm -hmm. and it's tough because, you know, you never know if you're going to be right. And when every time you do something, you're, you're putting yourself out there for a potential attack. But, but I love this quote that is often misattributed lately to Twain, but you know, there's two great days in, in, in your life, you know, the day that you're born and the day you figure out why. And, um, well, you're not going to figure out why by sitting there and staring at your navel and trying to um, imagine what you could be. You're only going to be great and you're only going to figure out who you are by doing things and, and potentially failing, um, but figuring out where you really have the potential for success. Yeah. Listen, I think part of figuring out what you are best at and what makes you happy and what makes you tick um, is figuring out what doesn't. Right. Yeah. Sometimes you figure that part out first before yeah. you find your passion. And so, well, I love that because I think, you know, your bias towards action, you can plan, you can prepare, you can do all those things. But if you don't pull the trigger and you don't execute right and you don't make it happen, yeah. it, it's just a plan. Um, and I time, so I love it. I love every moment that I always spend with you. Uh, one of these days, you'll make it down here. I'll make it up there, and we'll actually get together and have coffee or or lunch or dinner or something. And I look forward to that. Thank you for taking the time today, sharing your story, sharing you know things about you that that some people might not know. Uh, and to me, that's a sign of vulnerability and authenticity. And so, thank you for that. Laurie, it's been great. It's always enjoyable to be with you. And, and uh, I can understand why um, you are the right person to help build the future there. So thank you so uh -huh. much. Well, thank you. And I know we're going to work together someday because there's just thank so you. much.
Absolutely. So thanks again, Tony. And thank you to everyone who's watching. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Jay's Recipe for Success. And our next episode, we'll be hosting Joe Rose, uh, Russo. How could I get that wrong? Yeah. That's my name. Oh, hello. <laughs> uh, from the South Florida Tech Alliance. And so thanks, everyone, for joining us. Let's get cooking.